I've gotten in the pattern or the ritual of asking myself, who is it that knows? Meaning my internal person, which part of me, like who is it that's that's asking this question, right? Is it the part of me that's sort of a victim, innocent child that wants to belong and not have the other people in the room, the other midwives in the room, like think, oh, she's a really crappy doula. <laughs> Look at her client freaking out, right? Or is it the part of me that's like knowing that what the moment needs right now, it just needs this. Now I'm leaning on my, you know, however many years of experience, um, and I'm leaning on recognizing the feeling in my body when I know that this is what the moment needs. Hi, my name is Augustine Colebrook, and I'm the principal at Midwifery Wisdom Collective. I speak on this podcast about big picture, political issues, and the future of our profession. Hey, y'all. I am Jamara, and I'm a midwife. I'm also a birth justice activist, and this season, I am looking forward to sharing stories of Black midwives and the communities they serve. Hello, beloved birth community. I'm Angela Love, nurse midwife since 2004, preceptor, and mother. I have a home birth practice called Midwife Love and a national telehealth practice called Midwife RX. My mission is to keep birth choices available and educate the next generation of midwives for our daughters and grandchildren. Matriarchy Now. I'm Layla Wyatt. I get to share with you the voices of student midwives from across the country and beyond. This season, we focus on those students who just graduated, are about to sit for the NARM, or did yesterday, and we get tips and tricks for you for what happens at the end of the student midwife journey. to another Midwifery Wisdom podcast. And I am so excited to be joined by Jamie. And Jamie, will you just do like an overview and intro? Like I know little bits about you, but everyone wants to know more. Oh, right on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Jamie Mose. I live in Southern California in the San Diego area. And I identify as a birth worker <laughs> and a body worker and also an educator in those two fields. I've been doing it for both, both, which I think of as the same. You know, I think if you do body work, you're doing birth work and birth work, you're doing body work um, for many, many years. And I am a birthing from within trainer or facilitator. So I help to train doulas and midwives and childbirth educators through that particular lens and paradigm. Um, and I'm also a spinning babies aware practitioner and instructor. So that's kind of like advanced body work that supports pelvic level solutions and different paradigms around supporting those in birth. Um, and I'm also an author and an illustrator. So co-author with Nicole Morales, we wrote The Breach Release, Opening Pathways for Midwifery and Prenatal Body Work. And we are now turning that into a workshop. We wrote it two years ago, and now it just feels like our community is ripe for, for this work. So it's so exciting. And yeah, I knew about your work with Nicole. I interviewed her a couple of podcasts ago. And um, I also knew about you for Birthing From Within because I became a Birthing From Within instructor in 2000. Oh, great. Yeah. I attended her first training workshop, actually. <laughs> and um, it's been a journey. And so um, I'm so happy to see that there are trainers um, keeping the legacy alive, even as, you know, Pam does less. So that's really awesome. 
I have so many, so many questions. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> I was, so, I'm really um, excited to the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, we, we got to chat um, just briefly a little bit ago about, you know, birth work and all those things. You, you do such deep and rich work. I feel like you and Nicole and some of the other birth biomechanists are kind of really at the threshold of this new paradigm that's coming um, into midwifery, which is this integrative intersectionality where we are borrowing from lots of other disciplines and expertise to understand this really complex anatomy and physiology that's happening with two people at the same time, which is kind of extraordinary, really. I don't remember who pioneered birth biomechanist phrasing. Do you, do you identify with that at all? Um, that's interesting. I mean, what comes to mind is a response that Nicole had once when someone said, are you a bio biomechanist, your birth biomechanist? And she says, um, or someone else created the idea, well, you're, you're birth biodynamics, like you're, you're uh, the uh -huh. biodynamics of it. It's not just the mechanics because, uh -huh. you know, physiology is, is nervous system and yeah, and yeah. so maybe that term feels a little more apt. Yeah. Biodynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, love, I love that overlap too. Talk about intersectionality and birth to biodynamic farms and all that fun stuff. Well, so it, it feels like it's right on, it's right on the threshold. And, and, and there's, there's many of you who are um, deep in the revolution of helping people to understand how much is involved in this, that it's not just, um, passenger powers and passage or whatever, right? There's like right. so much else happening there. So um, obviously you've been doing this for a while. It was deep in your heart. Tell me kind of your journey. Like what got you out of the like push, just push dynamic into this? Like how did you, how did you discover this or how did you end up on this pathway? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how far to start back. Um, as, as early as you want. To as early you, as I want. You'd row yourself, like we could start there. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I've been, when I've talked with folks before, I tend to share the story of how my, when I was about 12 years old, my cat birthed kittens on my bed next to me while I was, while I was petting her and she was purring and just kind of pushed out her little kittens and I heard mewing and she licked up the amniotic sac and um and I thought, wow, birth is easy and you can purr through it. How cool is that? You know? <laughs> um, so I was, I mean, it's kind of been in the background and then I started doing prenatal massage maybe in the early 2000s. Um, so it was, I've always, I'd, I'd been interested in birth, but it wasn't until of course, like many of us, I gave birth that my world just exploded and I fell in love with anyone who was giving birth and wanted to be a part of it. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, so I, I like many have come from, kind of the opposite of the paradigm you you began with of the push push more of the just let the body do it and it'll be okay okay yeah so um, you never got indoctrinated <laughs> well i i to take a brief tangent i kind of feel like that's you can get indoctrinated in the other paradigm too true right? oh so true yeah so true yes unpack that for us <laughs> well it's I guess I'm finding that the more, because I'm, I'm extremely like philosophical and I want to know the how and the why behind things and what's the cultural context for things. And for the last, especially the last few years, I'm like, what's the right way? Like, what's the right way to be a midwife and the right way to be a birth worker? Like what's going to really serve humanity and match my vision for the world and, and all this. And I just kind of landed at this place of like, 
there is no, I mean, it's, it's so obvious as I say it, but there truly is no ideal. The ideal is, and this is what I'm trying to do with my, my work um, and my recent social media presence <laughs> is to point out the nuances that are present, mm -hmm. right? That there's, I mean, some, a lot of people are going to need the system, the abusive mm -hmm. hospital system, they're going to need it. And a lot of people are going to need and want, you know, someone with absolutely no medical training whatsoever at their birth. And I just feel like those are, those are all legit. And we need, we need people, we need people, we need birth workers that can respond to what the moment needs, regardless of the paradigm that everyone's operating in, you know? So mm. I feel like that's my, mm. that's like but my need, need is also so subjective, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the picking apart part that I love too, is like where, so, so where I'm, where I'm landing and where I'm hunting and where I'm excited about my role in the birth world right now, I feel like is to help myself and others find how they're responding in a habit way to things. And so that relates to the, you know, the article that I wrote of, or not, yeah, the article and the little blurb about sounds in labor. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. yeah. Is this something that I do and say now? Has it become stale? Has the idea become dead? Or is it, you know, how, how what, what questions can I ask myself or my clients that will keep our, uh, this more alive, right? This idea. Oof, Oof that's powerful work. And hard and weird and uncomfortable. It's well, like <laughs> it's yeah, absolutely. We're birthing ourselves every day. Well, I have a question that is uncomfortable, um, maybe. And um, I would love to get your take on the really uh, vocal and sometimes vehement birth worker movement. Mm -hmm. um, the, the attending births and catching babies, but I'm not a midwife category. Like birth keeper? Yeah, I use the wrong phrase. Birth keeper movement. Yes. Uh huh. What What do you What's your take on this? How do you How do you respond or how do you engage with folks in that world? Mm. Oh, that that question is so alive for me um, right now. And yeah, it's it's a really vulnerable question because in some ways I feel like it changes day to day. Like yeah. what I'm feeling, you know, I hear, I hear a representative of that movement say something. I'm like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't work. And, but then they'll say something that's like mind blowing. So I'm yeah. trying not to throw the proverbial baby out with the best water. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. just trying to, I guess I'm going to keep the dialogue alive. Um, yeah. You know, like it's when we, when we shut each other out or silence somebody or, you know, that I feel like we, we we are we dehumanize that that just isn't serving anybody in fact it serves the very system we're trying to you know swim math yeah 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 I agree I just wrote a blog post about it and I, oh, I feel cool. like there's I know it's coming out soon I feel like there's um there's there's so much to unpack and and tease apart here um yeah, it's hard to even know where to begin. But I would say one of the places that really hits me that I feel called to counsel on um, is that there are so many birth workers of many different stripes, regardless of the titles and the pathways. There are so many birth workers whose hearts are in the right place. They want to serve. They want to help transform. They want to help with transformation. They, they're showing up and they don't know the risk that they're taking for themselves. 
So there's so much conversation about risk for the mother and the baby, right? But that there are so many birth workers who are on a literal battlefield being shot at and are unaware. And that feels like something we, we desperately need to raise awareness of. So for instance, um, every single month last year, a midwife was arrested in the United States and uh, multiple, multiple uh, poor outcomes that I personally consulted on, who knows how many others that are not, you know, I'm not privy to. Um, and I would say a, a very disproportionate amount of those are folks who are unaware of how dangerous their life is in midwifery or birth keeping in the United States because of the litigious nature. So it's like they want to change the system so badly and it needs changing, my God, but they failed to account for the risk that they would be taking or nobody told them or they were unaware or they were wearing rose colored glasses or whatever happened there. But like the shock and awe and the total disorientation and disintegration of their sense of selves after a lawsuit, an investigation, a baby who died, a mother in ICU, like these things that we know happen. <laughs> but somehow they're like, what are these threads of connection to, to know that like, if you're the provider there, regardless of what you call yourself, the umbrella world that we live in is going to have an opinion about that. That to me, that feels very important that more of our new green and passionate young folks who come into the profession that they know that. I wonder if you're in, like if you're getting any of that, like are, are, you, are you getting this hit that people don't understand how, how risky it is for us in the big us? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I have, I have a few thoughts, I guess, that are kind of bubbling up around it. Um, I feel like it's a risk no matter what. Yes. And I, I think you did. Yeah, you did say that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess I can't, because I'm not a midwife and haven't walked. Well, I do midwifey things. I don't have the label <laughs> or I don't claim the label just yet. Mm -hmm. um, because I haven't walked that particular path of responsibility and risk and waited in that, mm -hmm. in that realm, um, it's hard to speak to it. It's just from a sort of broad observational philosophical place. Although I have walked that in the body work and massage realm mm -hmm. where I feel like that, okay, there's also a gift here. And this, this is just sort of helping me integrate some of these different ideas. There's a gift here because it's in those edges. It's like in the edges of our scope of practice, um, whether we're a body worker or a birth worker, where we are actually, I feel like able to serve more authentically. I almost feel like it's a disservice in a, in a general way um, to not, to not bump up against the scope of your practice from time to time, right. Or to take risks if, if the scope of practice thing doesn't, doesn't resonate. So I'm thinking about like my body work practice, you know, um, that's where innovation happens. Yeah. That's where, yes, exactly. That's where, yeah. so, so maybe that's part of the missing element of midwifery education, birth worker education, doula education, prenatal massage education, 
of how to be in that edgy, unknown, fuzzy place. Mm. And, and to, because you talked about the, dis, you mentioned the dissolution that people must feel when, or birth workers must feel when they are sued or they're, you know, someone dies or the mother dies or, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. big mm -hmm. shit <laughs> and um, practice in that dissolved space might be a remedy if that doesn't sound too esoteric, like practicing being in the unknown, um, whether that's a role yeah. doing art or, you know, back to your birthing from within. And yeah, 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 yeah. Inspired things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in fact, I think those who can either legally, financially, or personally stay the course after that kind of onslaught and, and persecution and defense and all the things that come from poor outcomes, um, they oftentimes are transformed. I am for sure. I, I was one of those midwives, you know, so that's why I'm particularly interested in this kernel of like, Interesting. you know, I, I am transformed, um, but we lose so many, so many leave and can't come back uh, financially, legally, personally, professionally, what have you. So, yeah, I, I, um, I just wonder what if, it, not that licensure protects you. It does not. <laughs> it's not at all. Um, but there's this like standard of care that's been established in mm. communities by, uh, you know, obstetricians and nurses and facilities where people go to have babies. There's this standard of care. And the standard of care is the, the most commonly repeated steps, right? It's like, it's the common denominator that these communities have settled on either consciously or unconsciously. That's what standard of care is. If we follow standard of care, mm -hmm. we're like in the center of the herd. We're less likely to be picked off, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a certain um, importance to that in that we stay the line. And midwifery that has already been established as like we've already carved out this space for standard of care. It's really important that people occupy that space. If we're all on the fringes, it will collapse and we'll lose that as well. Interesting, right? yeah. It's like holding the line. That battle's been won. We already have that territory. Like we can't lose that. You know, and I hate all this like male war analogy, but somehow it's coming to me. <laughs> oh. Spiritual battle. Yeah. It is a spiritual battle. But then, but then it, I think it's also important that that these edges get pushed. And I think this is where I fall out with many of my colleagues, is because I champion birth workers birth keepers, people on the fridges, unlicensed, you know, illegal. Like I actually champion those people. I just really want them to know how, how in the wind they are, you know, because if you choose to be that boundary breaking paradigm shifting invention, creation point of the spear of things can be different kind of a person, woo! like I want to cheer for you. But if you didn't know you were doing that and then you got hit by a bullet, like, oh my God, that would be terrifying, right? That's what I cheer for. That's, that's what, I know. That, it's almost like the one has to orient oneself first before one goes yeah. into that battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think because there's such, there's such animosity and there's such silos around the different provider types that oftentimes we're, we're as a, as a profession, as, as an entity, we are 
we are against instead of for. People are like, oh, I don't want a hospital birth. I don't want a cesarean. I don't want this. I don't want that. But there are very few people talking about what they do want. And I think that transfers into midwifery as well and birth workers in general is we're saying what we won't do or what we don't do. And we're not talking about what we're going towards. So of course the future seems kind of hazy and it's unclear, you know? That's beautiful. I mean, it's the same, the same advice or guidance that we can give to those who are giving birth, right? When they're in this place with intense energy of avoidance, you know, I'm not even going to think about cesarean. I'm not even, I have Pam's book, but I'm not going to read the chapter on cesarean, right? They're just, there's this like rigidity, which then makes us, if we're giving birth or we are holding space for birth, um, it makes us less able to respond to what the moment needs. And it's, you know, thinking back to that litigious idea, it really is relationship that protects one from being sued. Um, I talk, I mean, in body work, the, the risk is a lot less high. I often will say, you know, at the, gosh, at the time that I was teaching regularly, I think the malpractice insurance for OBGYNs annually was like a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. I think it's 250, but it's probably more now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then our malpractice insurance for uh, body work is like 200 bucks, you know, like it's a low risk (laughs) environment, but there's still, we still have that same, like, what if I harm someone inadvertently or someone thinks that I harmed them? And I did, you know, like the, all the, the risks that we take and there was a, gosh, there was a study that um, Mel Madrona, what's, I don't remember his first name, he wrote Narrative Medicine. Um, and in this first chapter of Narrative Medicine, he references this study where the doctors who spent just one extra minute with their patients pre-surgery had, you know, were marked less uh, moments of being sued or, or events of being sued, right? Like it's just, it's relationship. And, you know, Nicole and I have written in our book about how relationship makes birth safer too, not just in terms of being sued or not just the events of the birth and being present. Um, So I feel like, yeah, I feel like we have a, we have this philosophical sense of, of the quality of the presence that's necessary for this, for birth in our culture right now. Um, It's just a crazy battlefield like you you know I'm just picturing all these spears and different no crazy different terrain and different ecosystems that you're on your horse traveling through and yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and uh we, we need all those explorers and all those people on the front lines it's just I think you need to know that you're on the front lines and I think you need to consciously think through mm. what you would lose if somehow you weren't able to make it to your destination you know, like, um, like I took a consult call this year from, um, a midwife, a new midwife, three or four years in practice, um, five and a half months pregnant mm. and arrested and in jail. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's like, I, I, you know, obviously she was beside herself as you would be. Um, and I don't have any blame or shame or anything like that, but it just rings the bell for being like, this is dangerous for us. We, we, we are, and I think, I, I, I mean, 
I don't know, providers working in licensed states with a lot of layers of support and, and acknowledgement and recognition and integration, they can't quite understand what's happening in, in the other third of the country where it's like the wild, wild west, but it's the wild, wild east in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and like what's at stake. And so I think for for the for the birth workers and for the brand new midwives and for the folks who are like unclear about what their standards are and what their boundaries are, it worries me that they don't know the consequences of what could happen, you know? So that's, that's just the piece that I bring. (laughs) It's fascinating. It's, and it's, yeah, it's the, it's one of the most important issues of our time in the birth world. Um, I'm really glad that you're exploring it with genuine sincerity and yeah. And eyes wide open. We can't afford to lose any more midwives. I mean, like that's, that's the other thing. It's like, if, if you don't want to have, you know, the risk of having your house lost in a lawsuit or your, you, you know, divorce or losing hundred thousand dollars in a defense fund, like <laughs> don't practice in such a way where that's the reality. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. We need people holding the line too. Like there are plenty, plenty of need in all areas. Just know where you are. So that conscious choice, that's, that's really important to me. Yeah. Sounds like we both are agreeing on the awareness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, awareness. Well, I want to go back to something you said in the very beginning, and I I really love it. You said like what you're working on now is like keeping that piece alive by continuing to ask like, what is it like where you're stuck or where things aren't flowing? What is the internal landscape where you're looking for that? Or how would you counsel someone else on that? Mm. Um, So yeah, I think it was finding the ways that we're like we're, we're in a habit way of responding mm-hmm. to something. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that really goes back to my initiation into the paradigm of birthing from within yeah. uh, and asking solution focused types of questions. And that's kind of a little jargony solution focused, but it's essentially the type of questions where one assumes that the person you're counseling um, has the answers within, like they, they're the expert on themselves. I mean, that's like good midwifery counseling, right? <laughs> it's, like, um, it's logical, it's intuitive, it's bringing abundant curiosity. Um, this is just the solution focused questioning realm is a little more codified, right? There's, there's some questions that we can ask specifically, but ultimately yeah, it just comes down to that type of presence of being really, really curious. Um, so that's, that's how I, I counsel parents or work with parents. That's how I work with birth workers is, is just asking these curious questions. Um, and people feel it like you can feel when it's just sort of a scripted kind of thing. And you can feel when someone's just there with you and they're not just like a good birth. They're not trying to like fix it. Right. They're not trying to fix it for you. They can be in the mud with you and rub it on their body too. And just be there. Um, <laughs> that's a great imagery. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a definition of in it with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, but then now I'm, now I'm wondering, is that too, too rigid of a belief? Like, because you, if one is taking a certain level of responsibility for the birth space, like, are you in the mud, but are you also, you know, well, it's, 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 it's the perfect sort of segue into this, this team mentality, right? It's like, I think we need multiple perspectives and multiple people holding different levels of space. And I, I think like what you have pioneered is this 
this birth worker, body worker, you know, position, this, this thing that is evolving where we're like, we're coming together, we're using this multidisciplinary approach. We need people in that space, just as we also, I think oftentimes need, uh, you know, a midway for a provider in this like safety space, right? Mm. And then we need this like partner piece, this, this birth partner who shows up in this very deep way, intimate way. I, I think they, they need to come together. I oftentimes um, kind of talk about um, this I see it as a picture. <laughs> it's like these triangles that come together um, where um, we need to be focused on the birther. We need to be focused on the baby, but we also need to be focused on ourselves. And in order to do that, we need to have these layers of support, these people that come in when there's need and births sometimes go on beyond human capacity to be present. And so we need these layers of support Tell me about how, like, how you show up in birth these days. Are you, are you regularly attending births? Do you, do you, do you attend with Nicole? Like, what does it look like for you? <laughs> uh, recently, I haven't been attending a lot of births, but I do see myself as part of the team on before yeah. the birth and after the birth that you mentioned. Um, it's interesting that you, that you bring that up because there's been discussion about, you know, some people that when they're this is sort of an aside and I'll, I'll come back to, you know, my, <laughs> how I see myself in birth, but the, that many of us, when we get really excited and passionate about doing this work, whether we're a midwife or a doula, we want to be like the one before the birth, during the birth and after the birth, it's kind of creating that continuity of care. And we have this really mm -hmm. long-term month-long investment and just wanting to balance that, that vision with you also can't do it all alone. Like that's a lot for one person to hold, especially, you know, throughout the birth and beyond. And yeah. So I guess I'm, I love to feel into how I am part of a midwifery team. If I'm doing body work, um, cause their baby maybe is presenting breach or there's a certain pain pattern that they're having in the, you know, the midwife is wanting some support. So that's one way that I'm involved in the birth, um, or in the care of, mm -hmm. of yeah. Mm -hmm person this mother this parent um yeah it's it's just ever evolving and just kind of vulnerably too like i'm i'm trying to own the years and the wisdom that i've embodied right and not say like a doula is a step i feel like I, i'm trying to unlearn that doulas are a lower step on the totem pole <laughs> or, or on the ladder um that there's, it's just a different, it's just a different type of support. Um, and that it's gray because midwives, I feel like I'm doing a lot of midwifey things mm -hmm. too, sometimes more so than the midwives in the space mm -hmm. or space, right? Um, and they're bringing their unique skills and wisdom to it. And, and I'm the one suggesting a position or a thing that that maybe ends up being the helpful thing or I'm the one offering the spiritual guidance you know and and those words that maybe help someone cross a threshold of fear and terror you know um 
So that's been a nice unlearning for me because I grew up, you know, wanting to achieve and have the degrees and have the good grades, like like so many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes you accomplished and lovable and makes you belong. And, you know, you're a good enough person. Um, so I'm wanting to unlearn that and recognize if I never become a midwife, whatever that yeah. is for me, <laughs> that that would be okay. That, that I would still be um, an important part of the birth world if that, that doesn't sound too egoy too you know oh it doesn't sound egoy at all it's 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 right on the edge of a really important sort of exploration and and you know you're you're right on I love this, this is why I wanted to talk to you as I know that you live on the edge and I, I love that <laughs> um what what really is a midwife right like if you're doing all these midwifey things like what isn't it are they the ones to catch are they the ones that's licensed? Are they the one that gets paid? Like, what is a midwife, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think this is part of why we sit on this, like, great divide that we find ourselves in, in maternity care. It's these, these camps um, with no bridges between them. And we're just sort of hurling insults across the, the gulf between us. And n- nobody really understands, you know. And, um, and at the same time, there's, there's real risk for everyone involved. And um, yeah, uh, I, I have heard or, or explored the idea before that, that you're a midwife when you, when you feel like you are, mm-hmm. you know? So you're like, I'm not gonna own that yet. So it's like, it's obviously you're kind of backing up from that. But I, I have seen people attend three births and be like, I'm totally a midwife. And like t- telling people I'm a midwife. Is that true or is that any less true than you're true, right? I mean, this is part of the, the exploration that I feel like nobody really has an answer for. I certainly don't. It, it's, it's fascinating to me and it's also totally maddening, right? Because we, we love there being the boxes and like people to fit into nice boxes. And like, who are you? I want to know what the titles. It's not possible. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, if someone does say I'm now a midwife after three births, I mean, for some of us, we're like, are you sure about that? You know, but that's an opportunity, isn't it? To be curious about, well, how do you know that? I mean, it's, it's hard in a virtual, you know, global internet world to have those types of nuanced conversations. Um, But I, you know, yeah, you can plant some seeds. I think, well, I wonder how they, how they know that. And what is it again? you're coming from that deep curiosity and yeah you know most most people do not most people come with surety and, and convinced of their rightness you know yeah yeah that's a good point how do you, how do you cultivate that curiosity Jamie? I was gonna say I tend to be like <laughs> so curious and I don't know if you know Enneagrams I'm a, I do I tend to be an Enneagram nine, I think. Well, you either are, or you aren't. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's the, that's what the nine is. They're like, I see it all. So okay, it's all very nine all of you to not be so <laughs> of your nineness. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Great. And yeah. and so I I almost and har- the harmony at all costs. Harmony at all costs is the nine. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's all get yes. along. which is my tendency is I think some of us in birth, we tend to just want to make nice and, you know, that's sort of the shadow side of my, of my wanting to be curious about everybody. Like everybody has a good reason to do this because then it's harder or it can be harder. I've learned over the years to do this more, but it can be harder to like really stand in your truth 
yeah. uh, to know something in your body and to say it boldly, fiercely. Yeah. I've had to claim more actively as I'm yeah. getting closer. Yeah. That's, that's a really important distinction. It is such a fine line between this um, beginner's mind of, of, of total uh, curiosity, wonderment, awe, um, without ego, without a plan, without a justification, right? Just being like, I'm not sure, let's see, right? That right next to, I've been doing this for 25 years and I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> really fine line. And I, I talk about this all the time. Um, I, I was um, very taken with this, this edge myself for, for all of my career uh, being like, I, I don't know. No one can know. And yet I, I know, I know a lot of things and like, where is that line? And how do we walk with integrity and uh, authenticity um, and also humility and, and where is, where is that exact point? So, so what, how, how do you, how do you navigate that? Yeah. So here again, um, my foundations with Pam's work and birthing from within, I feel like really guide me and they guide me also to help others. Um, and that's, it's like, I, I've gotten in the pattern or the ritual of asking myself, who is it that knows, meaning my internal person, which part of me like, who is it that's, that's asking this question or who is it that's laying the chucks pad there? Or, you know, who is it that is, um, you know, suggesting a position or saying, make the low sounds, right? Is it the part of me that's sort of a victim, innocent child that wants to belong and not have the other people in the room, the other midwives in the room, like think, oh, she's, really crappy doula <laughs> look at our client freaking out right or it's the part of me that's like knowing that what the moment needs right now it just needs this now I'm leaning on my you know however many years of experience um and I'm leaning on recognizing the feeling in my body when I know that this is what the moment needs and sometimes it's totally in line with what my experience might indicate and sometimes something different and yeah. And to let go, like to, to, I guess that's the work. I mean, that's part of the work even related to imagining that we might be sued, right. Or, or just recognizing the risk, <laughs> the realities of birth in our culture now, no matter what path we take. Um, it's this opportunity to, it's, it's, yeah, it's an opportunity to just ask who is it that's really showing up here moment to moment, to, like just moment after moment, even when I'm you know, driving my car and I get pissed off at somebody doing something. It's like, well, who is it that's pissed off? <laughs> right. So it's a, it's a practice. Maybe that's, you know, that's part of the solution. Well, yes, we, we need vision and we need pathways and we need um, reality checks that you're championing because you've been really in the deep trenches. I can't even imagine helping people that have, well, you've been in it yourself having to, um, navigate that system and helped others. Like it's, we, we need, we need it. We need a practice too. We have our vision and we have our practice. So yeah, for myself, it's, it's asking myself, well, who is it right now that is showing up? Is it my child or is it someone who can respond to the gray, the grayness and the nuance of being a human? Mm. 
Yeah. And that, and that's that, that preparatory work to be able to do the questioning is also so deep. I mean, you know, some people call it inner child work and some people call it reparenting and some people call it internal family systems and like fractured work. And like, there's all these different layers to even understand the fact that we are a multiple. We, we are not one, we are many. And then to start to investigate and ask questions of our fractured parts being like, who wants this? That's deep work, Jamie. <laughs> You're asking a lot of people. I love it. Right. It's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Deep. Have you ever um, been in kind of a scenario where where you were like really insistent about something and then checked in and were like, ooh, <sighs> that's that wounded child that needs to be held and we don't need to be putting that on this other person. You ever run into those moments? I certainly have. That's why. I'm oh, every day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's like you, you start to make friends with that voice. You do. <laughs> you know, and you kind of love it and care for it, and you're like, oh, hello again. I remember you, you were here yesterday or an hour ago. Yeah. 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 It's it's a softening. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Pam England, one of Pam's famous, fabulous, famous quotes was, you know, as in labor, as in life, as in life, as in labor, you know, that you can't, it's a microcosm of the whole and you can't be a different person in labor than you are in life, you know? And um, I, I feel like that is like, continues to be more and more true for me as, as like life, like, as I've gotten older and older, um, I feel like when you understand birth so completely, like you obviously do, like I have been exposed to, you can see from the microcosm now the macro, like I can see how life unfolds under the blueprint of birth, even though probably it's the reverse order, but that's what I know better. So now I can see life better because I know birth, you know, and this idea that we are, we are birthing ourselves all the time. We're in these, in these periods of expansion and, and we're in these periods of, of a contraction and then we relax again and we have contraction and then there's like hard work and then something beautiful is born. And we just go through this birth process in ourselves over and over. And I love that you're saying like, it's, it's, um, you know, it's like a regular practice for you to sit with these parts. Um, I've noticed that there are a lot of birth workers who have some, um, some, some pretty fractured parts, let's say, that we are, we're like called to this work, mm -hmm. maybe because of the wounds. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you want to comment on that. Yeah. And is that a bad thing? No, I don't think it is. It's almost like superpowers. That's a lovely way. Yeah. I like how you're framing that. Yeah. Um, the, the wounds give us um, uh, visions and skills and um, touch points and compassion and the ability to feel the vibrations. Like, like I one of my good teachers and friends and cousin Mariah Mellon, do you know Mariah Mellon? She's a licensed midwife in um, Colorado, used to be in Santa Cruz or Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara. And um, she talks a lot about the mycelia and like the human mycelia and like how we link up and that that layer of connection and communication creates this whole society. And so um, this is what I think 
the reframe for birth workers who are fractured and broken and in these different camps and hurling accusations and on the battlefield, you know, the reframe is like, we actually, because of our wounds that allowed us to show up here, we're connected through mycelia. We can feel each other's vibrations. And in fact, most birth workers who have this fracture and are aware of it, like we can feel the, the literal temperature change. We can feel the hairs rise. We can feel the shifting like little tiny tectonic plate movements of the baby's head can come through, you know, like we can feel all of it. And that's the superpower. And so instead of being like, I can feel, you can't, <laughs> we can feel like we all feel. <laughs> how do we, how do we plug in? How, how does the mycelia communicate on this bigger level? Like not just grassroots, but like mushroom roots. <laughs> uh, yeah. And be able to pop up in different ecosystems. I think it's Sophie Strand who wrote about that. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the spores are different in different ecosystems. Yeah. Um, I, I, you're really, you're touching, well, my celia metaphor just like gives me tingles. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I sometimes will draw the body as fascia is the mycelium and yeah, it's fun. Um, but what, what you were talking about was how people, I should have lost my train of thought, how mycelia, people showing up. <laughs> it was a good I thought. I do it all the time. <laughs> It'll come back. Yes. Um, I'm sure it'll circle back around. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So I feel like some people, we, we recognize that we have fractured cells. I mean, if you're a human being, you know, you, you recognize you have that. And for a lot of us, we feel like, well, I can't really be a good birth worker or a good body worker unless I've healed myself. And I just think that's the hugest disservice. And also sometimes an excuse and a cop, you know, a cop out, um, to not show up, to not show up fully or, or to just show up how you are. And I mean, that's another important, another important way that I feel like for myself personally, I navigate this work in birth and in body work is to all like preemptively be forgiving myself for the lame stuff I'm going to say, <laughs> or the awkward things I'm going to get wrong or the wrong way I'm going to touch someone, you know, like that to step into it, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that's going to be a disconnect, but that because of those mycelial connections, the repair is possible in that next moment. And it begins with forgiving ourselves, like in the moment, you know, that, um, we're like grace. Yeah. We need so much grace. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that models for the clients, you know, yes. the, the people that we're working with that it's okay to just be a person to be good enough. You know, I almost, now I almost celebrate my kookiness when I'm meeting someone for the first time, you know, coming to my office. I'm like, see, they know that they can be themselves too. Yeah, like, that's definitely that's so definitely. important and circles back so, around to the importance of relationship. And then that circles back around to the relationship making birth safer and probably again, less likely for suing to happen. I mean, even if it's just a relationship in the moment with um, a doctor, if someone's transferring, you know, just that moment of relationship might, maybe not, but might prevent litigious situations from emerging. Yeah, I can say that, like, you know, I always, my frame, I midwife the midwives. So my framework is always to turn it around to like how this applies to the practice of midwifery. And I would say, I find the same is true when you're with doctors. So that extra five minutes to look them in the eye, shank their hand, or give report instead of sort of shrinking away or instead of being like, here, this is all I have for you, you know, 
that also reduces the animosity. It sometimes takes multiple occurrences. It's not always the first interaction with that provider, but like they see you for the fourth transfer and you're like, hi, it's me again. Nice to see you. Here's what I have to say. Like there's a repetition and a pattern in that that actually will resolve their nervous system anxiety about meeting you. You know, they're like, this is what I can expect from this person. Therefore we can develop this trust. You know, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what we're doing. Like when we're checking in with ourselves, we're building internal trust. Oh, beautiful connection. Yes. That's what I see is so powerful of you is that you're willing to be so courageous in the unknown, on the edge, continuing to ask these questions. And then in return, you don't feel more alienated. You feel more trusting. You trust your intuition better because you allowed it to have a voice, right? Yeah. yeah, that's that's the surprising piece, I think, for some people. It's like, well, I want that to hang in the air for a moment. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. 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 Let allowing allowing that inner voice to have a voice makes her more likely to come back and speak and then makes the relationship between speaker and listener more dynamic and more trusting. And, and that's true for laboring people and for doulas and midwives and birth workers of all kinds, you know, you know, and so the, the real question is, hmm. oh, oh, we haven't been asking the real question. <laughs> I just found some, um, when we're thinking systemically, how does the rest of the mycelia hear the, each other? Mm. You know, in the internal organism, we can be really clear about hearing our own voices because there's like a, a base understanding that we believe and trust and want to hear it ourselves, you know, but that doesn't exist in the systemic level. Like we are, we are a, a mycelia with fungi, like some kind of infection, like there's, there's, there's like these disconnects, right? And so when one presents their truth or their, their findings or their worries or their wonders or whatever, how does the rest of the collective hear it without the, the closing down? Like, how do we continue to open up? I'm getting all embodied now. <laughs> so like, help me answer that question. I mean, maybe start conversations like these. Yeah. Um, when you were creating a little mini scenario just now, or a few minutes ago with, you know, you're showing up at a transfer, you're a midwife, um, you're five minutes engaging, connecting with the humanity of, you know, whatever birth attendant is there. I, I feel like we can do two things at once. Like we can stand so firmly in the knowingness of how abusive a system is or how we know that I, like an individual can know I serve women and birthing people with such integrity when I'm not licensed. And I just know this for myself and right. So we can stand in that surety. And then at the same time, when the moment is needed, engage with, um, you know, what we might've internalized as the enemy. Right. I, I, it's, it sounds so obvious again, as I'm, as I'm saying it, um, it's profound. it is profound. Even that we would Enema, enemies, what's the word? <laughs> <laughs> Create enemies of, of our colleagues. Like that, that 
alone needs attention, you know, like, wow, how did that That's, happen? Right. You know, to, compassionate, to compassionately name when we feel like we're noticing some kind of fungal disease yeah. <laughs> and you know something that's maybe harmful or not compassionate or whatever it is like having yeah. that that courage right to take the risk of wow well I'm you know I might hurt somebody's feelings and I might disrupt you know the the nice vibe we have going on but that's then that's not real that's not real trust if you can't be yeah. yourself yeah I have a phrase I I just am releasing my boundaries for birth workers class this week and um I have a phrase there that is really meaningful and it's like um you have to be willing to disappoint others in order to stay true to yourself and it's the it's the dual right so I'm going to stay true to myself is only half the story because in, in order to do that you have to be willing to disappoint the other mm -hmm. but ironically that makes us more trustworthy it does. It does. Brene Brown says the most, tr the most generous people say no the most. Ooh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> because when they say yes, you can trust them. That's right. Oh, that sounds a lot like Betty Martin's amazing work with the with consent. Have you heard of Ooh. Betty Martin? No, tell me more. Ah, oh, so I trained with her her team um, a couple of years ago in the wheel of consent, like how Ooh. to explore consent on so many different levels. Um, and she talks about all kinds of things in different models, but the, the idea around the trustworthiness is that to be in consent with someone, it's a dynamic and it's an agreement, right? Mm -hmm. And the, there's a gift going from one person to the other person. So if you were going to give me a gift of, um, I don't know, you're going to give me something, you're going to give me a massage. <laughs> you offered to give me a massage. Like this is the, the clarity is that you are giving me the gift and you are taking action for me. Right. So your responsibility is to know your limits and your boundaries turning back to the, the course that you're creating there, right. To know your limits and your boundaries, my responsibility as I receive the gift is to know what it is that I want, mm. that I desire, right? Unapologetically, like just clearly. And to take that risk of asking for what I want when I might not get it. Probably 50% mm. of the time I won't, you know, or more. Um, and so I guess, because we're, we're, I'm circling back around to that idea of trustworthiness, like the more we can be in that kind of dynamic, we build that trustworthiness. So Nicole and I were exploring this for um, another book that we're writing um, about how like the client has a responsibility to, to explore and know what they want. Definitely. What they desire, because we can't be in an authentic consent relationship unless they have that. Like they've left the wheel. That's Betty's, right? Betty's. Ooh. Yeah, I have a different language, but the same exact conclusion. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what I talk about is like when a client comes and like pays you money, they are saying under under the subtitle, like even if they don't say with their words, they're saying with this money, I trust that you're going to keep me safe. In midwifery, that's what they're doing. Interesting. Okay right? Because that's the subtext. Because if they weren't worried about safety, they would hire a doula or they would do it by themselves. 
right? Or, or a so, birth keeper, yeah. Or where, but because they're like midwives and the baby and um, you're gonna keep me safe. That's, that's the money, that's the contract, the unspoken contract that's happening there. Okay. Um, and so in order to accept their money, midwives have to understand what their definition of safe means. Yes. And then they have to make sure that it matches the midwife's definition. That's like this relationship building that reduces poor situation. Yeah. Oh, and, then I, and then I add two more words to the puzzle. Okay. Um, <laughs> because, you know, why not? Um, most people who come to midwives are also saying, I want a normal birth. I don't want a cesarean. Right. Physiologically normal, right? And then they're also saying, I want a natural birth. I don't want any medication but there's lots of nuance. So where safe, normal, and natural all overlap in the little center of this Venn diagram is a triangle that is we call butter birth, right? This is where you don't need to do anything because it's normal, natural, and safe. And the baby just, oh, look, pick up, well done, pick up your baby, good job. You know, that kind of a scenario. But when it's not in that tiny center triangle where they all overlap, then what? And that, that is where they have to have the definitions matching so that when they fall out of that paradigm, they know what to do with the information, you know? Yeah. No, I, I just, I was drawing it on my page right <laughs> sort of yeah. in circles instead of triangles. And then the little Venn diagram center where the butter birth can happen. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to explore some of this. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. And so butter birth is where they all come together. And that's where like, actually a midwife is not needed. That's where you're like, we didn't need a midwife. Everything was perfect. And it's like, that's because you had this amazing experience of these three things coming together. But most of birth is actually does not fit in that small triangle. Most of birth is on the fringes actually. And these triangles or these circles are getting further away as we have more endocrine disruptors in the community and more water pollution and more estrangement in families and more, I mean, like they're getting further and further away. Brother birth is getting smaller and smaller. And so again, for that safety piece that we started with, Midwives have to know what other parts of birth they're willing to attend. And if they're only willing to attend butter births, they have to have very clear boundaries. Yeah. 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 That's the clarity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The clarity. Uh, know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. kind of circling back to that orientation that midwives need. And this this image is a nice, a nice visual orientation for student midwives or new birth workers. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I give it in my classes a lot and it, it, it does give an aha moment because I'm like, what is safe birth that's not normal or natural? It's probably a scheduled cesarean for a previa or something like that's yeah. <laughs> as safe as it can be. Like there's no other, you know, way to do that. Um, or like what is um, a birth that's normal and, and, and safe, but not natural. That happens in the hospital all the time, right? Like, so we like unpack this piece and, and again, get clear on those definitions of each of these titles or each of these categories. And then when you interview your clients, you have to make sure like, this is what you mean? Oh, that's what I mean. <laughs> have a mutual glossary of terms. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. It's a, it is like that, a mutual glossary. That's fantastic. 
Well, Jamie, I just had so much fun talking to you today. I just could go on and on. Before we wrap up, I would love for you to tell us about your book and your career as an illustrator and an author and a body worker and just kind of tell us what's, how it all came together and what this offering is. Yeah, I've, I have many, many offerings. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me Bring them up. Yeah, so we are, um, we are now a... I didn't tell Nicole I was going to say this, but we're now a business entity um, creating workshops and writing books and offering online courses and in-person courses um, just based on on the, the concept of restorative birth work, right? What is this restoration? And a lot of this restoration are the things we talked about today. Um, and then, of course, through all different kinds of models and images of, of how we get there. Um, and yeah, we, we wrote a book called The Breach Release. It was in 2021. Um, and I fell in love again with drawing um, and just how even when you're drawing something, it's like, it's like you're, you're out of birth. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You have the image in your head of how you imagine it's going to be on the page when you're drawing it, right? Just like we have the image of our birth's going to unfold. Um, and it rarely is like that. And so you have to adapt. And sometimes your mistakes end up being your favorite part of the drawing, much like in birth, right? That's right. <laughs> basically, everything that I do is a metaphor for birth. That's that's my life. Yeah, because um, life is in labor. Labor is life. Is right. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. we're doing a workshop in November based on this book, which again is part of restorative birth work. And it's in San Diego. We're going to have it in San Diego, November 3rd and 4th. Um, we are yet writing another book um, that's going to have all kinds of art and um, just con contributors to it. We're just, it's a, it's a tome. <laughs> right now it's a tome, um, or at least our imaginings of it. So that's occupying a lot of our time. And then for myself, um, one of my favorite offerings right now is prenatal body work, colon, touch from within, um, that's hosted through birthing from within. And it's, it's essentially everything that I've, like my body work practice has been influenced so much by birthing from within and some of the paradigms of spinning babies and, you know, all the things, right. All the things we're influenced by. Um, and I, just wanted to, because I, I don't think of myself as like a super gifted body worker. You know, some people just, they see you and they go right to the spot and you're healed and blah, like that rarely happens to me. I feel like it's, it's the, the way that I am that, that, that that's the gift that gives people permission to love themselves because I found a way to love myself. And so I, I just went through like, what is it that makes me a good enough body worker? Like, why is it that people respond to my work, even though I'm not super good at noticing gate or, you know, analyzing different things. Um, so I've put together like the things that I do, I kind of realized, well, what is it I'm doing here? So I'm asking these types of questions and what is it I'm doing here? Well, I'm using this imagery when I'm touching and, um, I have an acronym, right. About how to, how to touch the body and whether you're a midwife or a doula like this, I feel like this acronym or this approach, if you don't like the acronym can be, can be helpful about how to touch, right. How to, how to be in your body and touch and, that wheel of consent, the Betty Martin work I incorporate as well. A lot of her, her games and activities. Anyway, I, I could go on and on, but that's kind of what's alive right now for me. I want you to, and that's awesome. Can we link to uh, products online, web presence? Are you, are you digital? Yes. Yeah. That my link tree through my Instagram handle at Jamie Mose has all this stuff. My website okay. Mose.com. Um, okay. We have the, the breach release.com that has 
all kinds of sources too. So yeah. Awesome. Well, we are putting on um, a skills and drills workshop in San Diego in um, March of 24. And we hope that you'll be a mentor with us. So keep that in the back of your mind too. If you'll come join us, that'll be amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I can't wait till the next time we connect. Give my love to Nicole and everyone in San Diego. And just thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Augustine. Appreciate your time. Uh, yeah. Thank you.